I'm proud of you, sis, but today is going to be I'm proud of you, bro, to commemorate Father's Day. Um, I hope all the men out there had a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day with their children and their loved ones. Um, in the beginning of the show, I was on the, you saw a cover of me on Total Prestige magazine talking about self-love day and, and my story of empowering just all of us our children and focusing on our mental health so please go to online on total prestige um search my name danny benson and you can read all about my second cover story i think i was on the cover when i was 17 years old um, it was called jive magazine i i still can't find a magazine because i was in the age where it wasn't digital age so Forgive me, but please, it's a great story. I hope it inspires you all. So thank you for joining. Today is a very special day because I'm dedicating it to the men out there. Um, our fathers, our brothers, our uncles, our sons, our friends who are males. Um, it's so important to screen for prostate cancer. I know that area is a very sensitive area that men don't like to talk about, but prostate cancer is rising in males and it does need to be discussed. And this is why I have Chioma Okoro here. She has a foundation dedicated to her dad who unfortunately passed away from prostate cancer. And it hurt her heart. It hurt her family heart. And you know, sometimes we have to bring our pain to do something that can relieve our pain into something positive. So she came up with this organization, a foundation dedicated to her dad called Uzo Felix Health, Uzo Felix Okoro Health Foundation, because she wants to bring awareness in our communities, in our men, to please go and get screening for prostate cancer. She's having a wonderful um, screening um, in um, Roosevelt, um, Long Island on July 15th between 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's free screening. So anybody who wants to find out, you know, just to make sure that everything is okay, please join her and her wonderful Dad foundation for free, screen, free screening for prostate cancer and all are welcome. So I have Chioma here to talk about her story, to talk about, I mean, I too lost my dad. So I know exactly how you feel because I am a daddy's girl. Um, Father's day was, uh, it was like a bittersweet day. But let me tell you something, without my dad, I would not be who I am today. I mean, I feel like your mother and your dad with a little mixing forms who you are. So I know your dad is very important to you. So please talk to me about this foundation that is dedicated to him. Yes. 
Thank you, Danny. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to for you giving me this platform to be able to express um, not just this, this wonderful foundation that we created in honor, in honor of men, truly. Um, what we've come to find out is a lot of men do not do checkups like women do. Uh, we run to the doctor for everything. If something is missing, we, we, we try to fix it. But this is not the story for men. Um, but before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about my father. Um, he's fondly known as Felix, but his traditional name, who's a Nigerian man, is Uzoma. And um, I am very much a daddy's girl, and um, it definitely hurts to have lost him um, to this disease. And just in general, he, he was very, he was what you would call a hands-on dad, you know, down to changing diapers <laughs> um, and feeding and carrying and carrying on. If you go on his page, you get a chance to see a lot of those pictures. And I gave birth three months, three years before he passed. And he was my major babysitter with my son. Um, being a single mother, he was very encouraging. Um, and he just wanted the best for both me and my son and will constantly send images, whether he was in Nigeria or he was here with us. He was, he was very there. So his story really, it's a funny story. 10 years prior to his passing, he had come to visit. So that was somewhere around 2009. He had come to visit. I was working at NYP at the time. And I believe it was Sloan Catering. Sloan Catering had a van. Mm -hmm. And I saw the van and they talked to me about it. Before then, I knew nothing about prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And and they were testing. They were, they were doing blood tests, which is what the PSA test is. They were doing performing blood tests. To men. So I went, so I got home and I said to dad, I said, Dad, can you come come to work with me? Have a have a daddy work day. Um, let's go have this blood test checked. And so he came with me, um, and the results was not what as we expected. The PSAs were rather high. And so we moved into action with trying to get him to a PCP, getting um, you know, what they would say then to get further tests done to see the prognosis of that particular um, high numbers, see where it was. And of course we found out that it was cancerous because not all cases are cancerous, so, but in this case it was cancerous and it had metastasized to the lymph nodes. So they couldn't remove the prostate at the time. So an was done to reduce the growth or the feeding, if you may, of the hormones that feed the, the cancer. So let me ask you a question. So you're telling me before the screening, he felt no symptoms. I, I wouldn't say he didn't feel any symptoms. He didn't know. Oh, he might know, not what, what are the symptoms? What are the symptoms? So we have, um, some people have pressure urinating, some people, and some people won't have it. There are people who will go away um, asymptomatic. And there are people who would have the obvious prostate um, cancer signs and um, and large prostate doesn't always mean that it's cancerous. It could be a host of other things. So some of the some of the um, side effects will be painful urination, dripping when you're urinating when you have not been able to completely empty your bladder, constant urination, just to name a few. Um, or um, so 
he hadn't, if he had it, he hadn't mentioned it to us. Mm. Um, and so after that realization that he did have um, escalated PSAs, we had moved into treatment plan for him. And he continued with his doctors. He continued checking his PSA. Even while here and while in Nigeria, he was being seen by a PCP in Nigeria and seen by a PCP here to kind of maintain those numbers and kind of highlight when those numbers go out of whack. So let me so, ask you a question. When when your PC, I don't know, PSA, PSA is high, what are what do you do? Like I know he's going to the doctors, but is there treatment? Is there radiation? Like what is the process? So when the PSAs are high, it could mean a number of things, which one of it is that you probably have um, a large prostate. Can they can so, they can they um do like an MRI? They, they do a biopsy. Okay. They got a biopsy done uh, to see to see if it's cancerous. Um, of course, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, and yeah. So it will always be great to check in with your urologist, which is the best move for you. But from what I know and from the treatment that my father did, they did a biopsy, they did a scan to make sure what it was. They did blood tests, follow-up blood tests to, to just be certain that this was this was indeed the case. And so the biopsy comes next. And after, after that, the cancer cells get checked to, to make sure that the, those cells are cancerous or not cancerous. Mm -hmm. And I think after then, they determine what stage you are and met metastasis at that time. And in his case, it had already metastasized to the lymph nodes. If he had stayed, and I believe if it had stayed within the prostate, the prostate could have been removed. But the advisement we got at the time was it had already metastasized moved a little bit and um, surgery was, that surgery was not an option. So what's, so he, so when usually when it goes to the lymph, node, lymph nodes, because I know this because unfortunately my sister died of breast cancer at 35, it's, it's, it's like stage four, right? When it's it between three or four. When it's yes. metastasized throughout your body, I think it goes, it's, it's either three or it's four. At the time, I am not certain what we were told. I, I don't. I don't. I don't recall. I think maybe we were all in the days. So it's it kind of like danced around that time because remember again it was two thousand and nine, and what people don't realize is that prostate cancer is a slow growing cancer. It's not rapid and acute like so many other cancers that you have, um, and. I do believe, I want to say it was stage, between stage two and stage three. It wasn't okay. stage four. Good. Okay. Um, and so we just worked on treatments, you know, um, in 20, in 2008, he did come for radiation, 2018, he did come for radiation. And after the radiation, at some point we, he returned home and he was, he reported that he wasn't able to walk. So while we thought it was a fluke, you know, we, wow. we rushed down to see what was in and we rushed him over here for um, to get looked at and for treatment. And they they commenced emergency surgery on his, I want to say his six, seven, eight, ten vertebrae. So that was a 12, 10 to 12 hour surgery to kind of see if they could correct whatever it was that was going going on. And again, you have to understand my father was a very independent man. Yes, yes. You know, and so now he was wheelchair bound. And so after that, we went into rehab and he started to walk or try to do rehab to walk again. But 
at that time, it was almost playing a lost game because he worked hard. I've never seen anybody work hard under such excruciating pain. He worked hard, but what happened was in the process of him trying to rehab, his bones were breaking. Mm. So, and... Were the, were the, bones, were the bones breaking because now the cancer has entered the bones? Yes. Yeah. It had gone into the bones. It was beginning to spread at rapid speed. Um, and at the point, he did feel like it was time. So he was, um, he did ask... His, his, some of his wishes was to be returned back to Nigeria. Um, Nigeria. And we just kind of did hospice care or what is known as hospice until slowly but surely, you know, his organs kind of started to give way. And I know the last month of February, he couldn't talk. Wow. Um, he was admitted into the hospital and subsequently he just passed. Wow. And um, that was his story, you know, and for me and in our conversations prior to him passing and even while he was in the middle of this pain and before he got into such a painful trial was, wow, what things didn't we know? And so daddy, who's always very knowledgeable, always one, he, he, he's an avid reader and always wanted to accumulate knowledge would go to people and talk to them about prostate cancer and tell them, listen, what are your symptoms? You ask them, what are your symptoms? Tell me, tell me, because I'm going through it. So I want to talk to you about it. I want to, sometimes he wanted to share his drugs. I know. And, and, he, and you know what I think too? I think he wanted to save some lives. He wants to yes. save lives because yes. I don't really, you don't really, I, I don't, you don't really hear about prostate as much as you should. You right. hear about breast cancer a lot yes. and ovarian cancer is a silent killer. You know, lung cancer, pac pancreatic cancer is like a quick, you know, you get, but prostate cancer is one of those things that you don't really hear you don't people hear talk about, about. But there's so many people, even in Nigeria, we're getting more and more information that a lot of people are passing as a result of it. And this is just as a result of ignorance. They don't know. Well, well is you there, know? is it an age range? For screening? So there's a lot a lot of doctors differ. Funny enough, I was having a conversation with my with um one of the, the contributors to the UFHF Foundation, mm -hmm. and she had taken her husband and said, Let's go, let's go get screened. And the doctor said he needed to be 55 plus to screen. But that's not completely true. Um, we screening ultimately begins at 40 if you have any family history. So we're advising men at of the age of 40 to begin that process, to begin to think about it, um, to, to check their family history, to see if there's a history of prostate cancer and begin to have those conversations with their doctors. Wow. Now there's a big, there's a big mis misconception about blood checks or about prostate uh, PSAs because some men have the, um, believe that they have to undergo a prostate check, but that's not true. The prostate PSA checks are just blood tests. It's checked to check the, the amount of that protein in your blood. So, so men don't like to go because it's uncomfortable. They believe that the PSA gonna, It's going to be squeezed. It's going to be like, you know, just like when we go for mammograms. Right. It's very, un you, it's very uncomfortable because- 
You're yeah. talking about mammograms. I'm talking about pap smears. I know. Right? These are uncomfortable. And so in my conversations with a lot of people that I've talked to, I've had to tell them, do you think it's comfortable for us every year when we go for pap smears? It's no. not. No. But we do it because we want to make sure that we are in the right health space, health state for our families and our children. And the, and the uncomfortability doesn't compare to not finding out. And then when you do find out when it's too late, now your life is, now you're at risk of losing your life. Like I'd rather right. do the uncomfortability because right. it's only like for a couple of seconds, boom, right. boom, 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 then find out. And this is like a long-term thing I have to deal with right. now. And men right. have to understand that. Right. And, and you know what? First of all, men don't really go to the doctor. No. They're not going to the urologist. Mm-mm. You, you know what I mean? They'll go to the regular doctor. Maybe they'll check their heart. So maybe like those doctors should start giving those patients those blood tests instead of the, instead of men going to just a, a specialized urologist because men don't really go to urologists. Because well, the men urologists, men have to understand, is our gynecologist. Right. Right. And men don't, go to, <laughs> men don't go to urologists. Like, men, no. men the gynecologists is icky. Like, oh, my God, you go someplace to, they check down there. They think that's such an icky thing. Or it's like a personal space thing that someone is down there touching you. Right. But they're really looking inside of you to see because what you see outside doesn't mean what what's going doesn't on equate. inside. Correct. Right. So there has to be talked about it at an earlier age than just 40, because I know with mammograms, they're starting to talk to the girls in their 35. 20s now. No, well, 20s. The, the, the time to check for the mammograms is 35. They reduced the age. It used to be 40. And, and they're going to reduce it more because. My gynecologist yeah. is telling me they don't know what's going on, especially in Long Island. But she's saying girls in their thirties, like thirties, are, are starting to come in with um, breast yeah. cancer diagnosis. Right. Like not thirty-five, but like thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty, thirty-three. So I, I I feel that I hate when they put like these this this age thing, like get screened at this age because not everyone is the same. Right. So the guidelines, the general guidelines, like I said before, is it's recommended at the age 55. However, you may need PSA screening between the ages of 40 and 54 if at least one first degree, first degree relative, such as father, brother, or, you know, who have, have had prostate cancer. So in this case, my brother needs to have checked. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, and my cousins need to have need to check because they have, you know, first degree relatives. Or if you, I personally think, you know, when in doubt, check. I you know? I just think that I just think that every man should go and check. I don't. I understand you should definitely go check if if it's more a family genetic, you right. know, family genetics because it gets passed on, but. I, what about I, I you know so I've never really heard about prostate cancer screening Me before. So I don't know if like if my father ha- I, I I don't know. So I Me just neither. Think for, I just think for now that you know all all people, all men need And here's to go. here's the kicker, Danny, is that 
it happens in men of black and brown affiliation a lot more than their that. I know. Yes. The Why numbers are outrageous, right? Yeah, and still, that? we not only are we the, 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 the more marginalized group, we're the group of people who are the least informed. And at least to go to the doctor. And the least to to take that incentive and then go to the doctors to get it clear. I, to you know, find I, out. I tell men all the time, you pay for the health insurance. Right. You pay for it. It's like, it's like <laughs> it comes out of your check or however you pay for it every single month. Why not use it? Right. But they won't. And okay, so, so tell I me think... how can tell me how can we get them to? Should we so what I've been younger? doing? Should we start what younger? Doing, hmm? Should we start younger? Because once they get forty, start the conversation. Yeah, because once they get forty, they're in their they're in their head now. They're very, they're very like this is who I am. I'm not going. Should we start getting the kids? You know, maybe I, I think high school is too early for that. Maybe like in their twenties. I think the same way women are being informed about having having a gynecologist. Maybe we learned, but we learned in high school, so maybe they should start talking about it in um yes. in in health health economics. Like we learn, women learn these things, but I think it's it's different for women because a lot of the, a lot of us get administration, right? Because I, me and my daughters, they're only um it's weird they're only in fourth grade, but we're already starting to have to talk in school. Like the parents right. have to come, I, and I'm like, okay, so when do the when do the boys have to talk? Because we have to yep. bring the girls in. To learn about the different parts, to learn that your body's gonna be changing, your menstruation. But what about if you have boys? What about if yeah? You but the boys, the, the boys, they do start changing as well physiologically. Um, while women have menstruations, boys change physiologically. They begin to formulate sperm. I think I do think they start formulating sperm a lot, a lot longer and a lot earlier. But I do feel the way that, that this should be an information that should be that the PCP needs to align with the conversation, with the overall conversation as they go in for their annual visits. So, but I also think the families begin to need to begin to talk to to other family members, other male, other male children, brothers, brothers, uncles, that this conversation stops being more of a taboo and becomes more of a reality. You know. It, Knowledge is power, we always love to say, but presence is power too. You know, pushing the initiative is power as well. So I've, what I've been doing in the last couple of weeks has been really going out on the streets and informing people. And with my flyer, I get some people who are interested, they stop. And what I have encouraged those men who have stopped is that as a woman, talking to a man about his prostate, most times I don't get hurt. But as a man, if I inform you and you inform your peers and you inform another man, they are in a higher position or there's a high response rate for a man talking to a man about a man problem. And so what I've gotten, I've gotten some positive feedbacks from the men I've spoken to um, in the way I've spoken to them. And I think if this becomes a norm in our community, in our community of mostly black and brown people, if it becomes a norm, if we bring it in the way we bring in everything in conversation, it wouldn't be such a taboo to converse about. You're right. So what we're, what we're saying is 
let's have our men involved in the conversation. Yes. Have men talk to other men because they would probably listen to other men, their friends, their boys, their colleagues, versus a woman talking about something that's very personal to men. Just like, you know, girls talk about gynecology to other women. And right. it's weird for another man to talk to me about gynecology because right. I'm looking at them like, no, you don't really understand. So they're probably thinking if a woman talks to them about that area, they're probably feeling that maybe they don't understand either. And they might not take your credibility as high as if another man would talk about that. Correct. So then how do we spread the word? So you having this um, fair, fair. The health fair. For the, for the health fair. So, you know. yes. So we're having the health fair in Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, Roosevelt is pre predominantly a black and brown community, but it has the added bonus of also being in the back of my church. So the, the church is collaborating is the with the church? Memorial Presbyterian Church in Roosevelt off of Babylon Turnpike. Okay. Um, and we are doing this um, in collaboration um, to bring out, to create awareness for prostate cancer in the community. And we will continue to create awareness as much as we can around this particular disease. So we have our, our partners, which is Mount Sinai's PSA screening truck, which will be on site to provide PSA testing for all men 40 and above. We also have the added bonus of having other um, wellness, other wellness and health and wellness mm -hmm. vendors who are gonna be there. One of which is NUMEC, who will be providing mammograms for women 35 and above with, with um, scripts and insurance card. So the, on the flyer, you have my email address. So you can- And so say, say your email address so everyone can get that. It's Uzar Felix Health Foundation at Gmail. Spell it out, spell it out. U-Z-O-F-E-L-I-X-H-E-A-L-T-H F O U N D A T I O N at gmail.com. You can also find out more about what we're doing if you follow us on Instagram under the same handle, Uza Felix Health Foundation, as well as on Facebook under the same handle. You can drop me messages. If you would like to be present at the event and you want to get tested, please follow up with a message to me. You can have, you can see the flyer that is being posted. You realize that. Um, and we are constantly looking for individuals to volunteer to this course, as well as donate to this course. Because again, to get a lot of these things going, monies are. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? You can definitely have, you know, sponsorship in the community. And this is for everyone, you know, to yes. Daughters, you know, this is this is dedicated yes. to Father's Day. Daughters, bring your fathers. That's right. You know, we wanted um, it to be wives. so friendly mm -hmm. that we wanted families to come because we have a kids zone. So kids are gonna play. We have health health vendors providing you with more information of what is in your community. We have the mammogram van and the PSA van, and and added bonus for the first few people who come, we are also giving them gifts. Good. Well, I just want to say, is there like a number or something that um, a business number where if people don't have, you know, internet, you know, sometimes the elderly does not have access to internet that maybe when they're hearing this on the optional um, channel, 
that they can actually call you or a call or, or another way to reach you besides the internet do you have a phone number that you could give out so right now we do not have a phone number otherwise okay. my private number but if they do and if they do have access to you you have access to me yes you can so but mostly we get all of our messaging through our email yeah um, you can always email what we've been doing with some of our vendors is that they've been sending this around in various communities um but email is the best way to contact us or you can um drop in my dm and send messages to us both on facebook and on instagram as we build as you know this is this is the beginning of this foundation um as we build up and build out which is our goal we would have more ways to um for contact to be made and we would definitely love to one of our overarching goals is to educate and is to provide resources to individuals who are undergoing prostate cancer now well to our optimum viewers and our live viewers I want to say thank you so much for joining I'm Proud of You, sis, featuring I'm Proud of You, bro. The women out there, please bring your men, your husbands, your uncles, your grandpa, and we'll be right back. Hi, I wanted to say we're continuing to speak to Chioma Okoro. Uh, we're talking about her father, who unfortunately passed away from prostate cancer. But she has a foundation dedicated to her father. It's called Uzo Felix um, Health Foundation. And she's having a health festival fair in Roosevelt, New York, this July 15th, between 9 and 1 p.m., um, a.m. Well, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. <laughs> and the reason it's important is to the women out there, you know, sometimes the men that we love in our lives don't like, do not like to go to the doctor. But we're finding out more and more and more people are dying in their 50s because they're not getting themselves checked out. We have to stop this fear of going to physicians to thinking that we're going to find out the worst. So instead of us finding out the worst, we stay away because we don't want to know. But by the time you find out the worst, then it might be too late. Too late. So sometimes, here we go again, it's up to the women in our community to bring our husbands, our uncles, our brothers, our neighbors, because most women do not play about their health. Mm -hmm. They will go to the gynecologist or go to the heart doctor. We, we do everything because... We want to make sure we're here, especially if we have children. Right. So we don't want to find out something and we got to leave our babies behind because it's something that we didn't do to check to check ourselves out to make sure we could have prevented it being where it is now. So we go all the time. That's right. Correct. But with men, it's a more trickier situation because I don't know if it's educational wise um, what happens to our young boys. I don't know if they don't push going to the doctor as much as they push the, our young girls to go to the doctor. But prostate cancer can sneak up on you. Yes. And we want to, we want our men's, our fathers, our loved ones to be here as long as possible. So please tell us how much your father meant to you. So my dad, well, I was a daddy's girl, pretty much. Because we're, ded we're dedicating the show to your father. Right. 
and to all the men who are suffering from for for from prostate cancer you know i'm praying for your speedy recovery but this is right. this is this is dedicated to all the fathers all the wonderful fathers in the world you know she's a girl dad i'm a girl dad we love our dads we love our fathers and we love our men and we want our men to take care of themselves so how much t tell me a memory of your father that will live with you forever um just seeing him i think seeing him with my son is you know sometimes i still watch the videos and um i still look at the pictures and you know father's day is always a hard day for me birthdays is a hard day for me because daddy and i talked you know for, no. for someone who doesn't talk we talked quite often and quite a lot um and so his the i lost my mom at a young age as well i was 12 when my mom passed oh so he definitely played the role of mom and dad to me for a very long time wow. so i don't think i was ever okay or would have ever been okay to lose him and not to lose him in such a way um and so for all the girl dads out there i know the feeling it's i i am i i, I am in constant grief moments where I miss him completely and I love him completely. But I want to feel, and I do feel that his happiness, wherever it is in the ether, is, um, will come from knowing that I prevented, or through information and through education, we prevented another girl or another family to feel the way that I do feel. You know, you know what's in, you know what it is. You continued his legacy, because in in the way that he started talking to other people, mm -hmm. he was trying to make them aware of prostate cancer and wanting to save their lives. I, I know he is so proud of you because you have a, a foundation dedicated to him. He knows how much you loved him because he knows that you are his daughter because look at this foundation it's continuing what he started thank you it's continuing what he started because the little that he can do he wanted to save lives he wanted to start the conversation of letting other men know i don't want you to be in my position i want i, I know this is a topic that you guys don't want to talk about because health is one of those taboos that men don't like to talk about but I want you to understand that I don't want you to, I don't want you to learn how I learned. I don't want you to learn right. too late. So you're definitely, you're, you are, you are, you are completing what he started. I yes. mean, this is just the beginning, but you are definitely completing what he started. So I know for that, he is so proud of you, you. sis. And I know he lives in your heart and he lives in your memory and through this foundation. Yes. And I'm happy that you have a lot of good memories with him. Yes. So I, I want to ask you from the time that he started to the time of his passing, how how many years did he have? 10. Well, 10. So wow. he was diagnosed in 2009. 2009. Yeah. He passed away in 2019. 
Oh, he passed away. Wow, he passed away. I, it's so he passed away. So it was the, so the whole ten years was the process of battling this cancer. Yes, but he had out of the ten years, had good nine years. My dad would run. My dad would work on his farm. My dad would drive anywhere he wanted to. My dad played tennis. So okay, so what happened? Make me understand with prostate cancer because it's in the lymph nodes. I know with my sister, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, they took out the lymph nodes out. So was there, an, like when it was spread to the lymph nodes, were they able to operate on him to take the lymph nodes out? No. What we were told was it was inoperable at that time. Now, mm. that was 2009. So no radiation, no chemo. Radiation was done. Um, was done, yes. Radiation was done. Um and that was the only thing we could do. Was radiation. was radiation. And radiation didn't slow it down. He did have an archaeotomy, which is basically what is known as castration, so that it could reduce the amount of testosterone, the hormone, that fed the cancer. And I do No, because women have a castration too, when they have to cut off their breasts, right? Right. So they, he had to he had to um snip his um Yes. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I love how you said snip. That no. doesn't sound right. <laughs> you know, I don't so even want to say the word. I don't even know how to say the <laughs> poetic word of, of what it is. I only know the layman term of that. So Right. I That's why I used that because I knew that people would be able to understand that a lot better, but it's called an archaeotomy. Mm. So they so basically reducing them the reducing or completely stopping the amount of testosterone. That goes that that feeds the the the, the, the cancer. cancer. So I do believe with that, um, with that being done, that extended his life a whole lot longer than maybe how it would have been had it been it wasn't detected. It would have been it, he would have had a shorter life, right? Because so think, of, think about it, especially if he wasn't showing signs or maybe he wasn't talking about it, right? One minute it would have been fine. By the time he would have got the sign, sometimes I feel like with cancer, if you don't go for screening, guys, I want you to understand something about cancer. If you don't go for early screening, by the time you feel those symptoms, sometimes you are, too late. It's, it is nine times out of ten. I'm telling you right now, it is too late. My sister is was a nurse. She didn't screen her breast because she was thirty. She's like, nothing was wrong. You know what happened? Her breast started bleeding. And she was like, what's going on? But she was 30. And right. think about it. Breast cancer screening doesn't even start now to 35. 35 when right. she died, it was 40 when breast cancer screening started. So yeah, she yeah. wasn't even in the in the area to in screen. Yeah. Right, right. And she had no symptoms. Right. Until she saw the blood. By the time she saw the blood, it was, it was too late. late. Cause it's much, but that's why I'm saying, men, please understand, it's just a blood test. Right. That's all it is. It's yep. a blood test. We have to stress that because a lot of misinformation is being is, goes around, and they're miseducated on what that first step is. The PSA is just a blood test. So when you go in there, if you go in there with that knowledge, the fear kind of goes away. Now, the only way you're going to go to the next step of it is if that PSA is escalated way beyond the normal. 
But wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to get it checked? Wouldn't you want, when you have a headache, don't you take Tylenol to get to to get rid of your headache? Same you know thing. I, you know what I think it is? That area is such a, a delicate area that I think some men is like, there's no way that I'm going to castrate down there. Right. Because that is their manhood. And sometimes I feel like that's what they don't want to take the test because they don't want to know because the other option in their mind is like, wait a minute, I can't be 40, 45 years old getting castrated. Like that is their manhood down but there. But that is, that is, that is the, the, the end part of it, right? No, but Which didn't is, you say that the first stage is if you catch it early? If it's, so if it's, if it's in the prostate, you can have a, I think it's called a prostatectomy. They can remove the prostate. Mm. Oh, the actual prostate inside of it. That's right. Oh, and then you can still keep it. Yes. Oh, you can remove look at the that. Prostate. So if if it's still if the cancer is still contained in that space, got it. Then the prostatectomy, I always mess up that word, can be done. No, in my father's case, it had already metastasized, so it had moved past. And so only an acheotomy could be done. Got and it. that was only done to reduce the hormone, the hormone that fed the cancer within the prostate. Yes, because that's what happens with um, breast cancer too. They got to stop the estrogen because the estrogen right. is the one that is a hormone. cancer. It's a, it's, a, it's a food for the cancer. That's right. So, you, so in this case, testosterone. Yeah, and then, yeah, and in breast cancer, they, they sometimes take the breast off right. because of the estrogen. So, wow, let me just tell you something, guys. It's a, it's a simple test. The, the sooner you know, the better. It will save your life, especially with our environment now. It just seems that, you know, just the, just the environment. We have to take better care of ourselves. That's not only eating good food. That's not only working out. That's also doing screenings. Because what you look outside doesn't mean the same thing. I tell people that it's happening inside because I can look young and fresh and everything like that. And my insides can be totally screwed up. The only way you get an insight of your inside is through screening. Right. So please, everyone, I'm telling you right now, this is an opportunity to get free screening. This is free. Yes. It's not free. insurance. It's not going to cost you money. It's only going to save your life to know whether you have prostate or you don't have prostate or maybe you're in the early stages of it so it is free and i know everybody likes the word free right <laughs> yes they do free and it will save your life so please join this amazing foundation uzo felix um health foundation to all the men out there in their 40s, please come for this free screening on July 15th between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. And to and men, bring your friends, bring your boys, bring your brother, right. bring your father, bring your son for the education so he knows when he gets older what to do. To Let's look make this a family thing that we can learn something together. And for the women who are coming, there are also mammogram testing, so you don't have to feel like you have to stay at home or you feel left out. The whole family could come out, and this could be a lesson and, you know, a health lesson and conversation about our health, yes. especially in the black and brown community, but all communities are welcome. Yes, right. 
all communities. I want to thank Tioma Okaro for coming and talking about her beautiful dad and the difference that her dad has made in her life to the point that she's come with this foundation so she could save other lives. This is an important thing to her. So please come and support her on July 15th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. I am so proud of you, sis. For everyone who joined my show, thank you and bring your dads, guys. Girls, and bring your father. Because I'm assuming your father's probably 40 and plus. That's why I'm saying that. Bring your father. <laughs> thank you so much for joining. I'm proud of you, sis. And see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.